Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Three of our series, Adapt. Is this helping you? All right, we're going to help you a little bit more today. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Romans, chapter 12. I need to make a quick announcement about our men's valiant ministry. All of you men who love working on cars, especially sanding them. Yes? No? Well, that's not the funnest part of working on a car. But we are going to do a sanding party this Friday at Brandon, uh, what's his name? Brandon Webster's house and uh, around 6 o'clock Friday night. And so if you would please call the church this week if you're interested and we'll get all the information to you for that. Church number 972-562-8031 and we'll have a fun time. All right, 6 o'clock Friday. Okay, now, have you found Romans chapter 12? This blonde showed up at a dude ranch and uh, first time ever to ride a horse. And uh, cowboy asked her, he said, do you want an English saddle or a Western saddle? She said, well, what's the difference? He said, one has a horn, one doesn't. She said, well, I can't imagine there's a whole lot of traffic out here, so give me the one without the horn. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry I told you that. We're talking about adapting. That is the process of renewing our minds and how to become adjusted to new conditions. You know, when you got saved, when you surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you came into new conditions. Things changed. On the, you might not have known it on the outside, but something on the inside took place. A miracle happened. You were, well, Jesus said, born again, born of the Spirit. And you received everlasting life the moment you said, Jesus is Lord. And you believed in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And something new happened. And the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have been made new, and they stay new. It never gets old in the Spirit. Aren't you glad about that? We get to heaven, you ain't ever going to grow old. And all the old people said, amen, Amen. hallelujah. Yeah, you're never going to grow old, never going to wear out. This is God's design. This This was God's design from the very beginning, that we never wear out. And there's always this rejuvenation taking place, and always this renewing and refreshing in the Spirit. And so... This has happened, but we have to adapt our mind. We have to go through this process of change by renewing our mind so that we can experience that inward thing in our outward lives right here on the earth. I mean, it really is possible to enjoy the good life. It really is possible for you to be truly happy, truly at peace, and truly fulfilled in life. But you have to renew your mind. Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world. It's teaching us how. How many of you want the will of God for your life to be done? Come on. Come on, help me this morning. How many of you want the will of God to be accomplished in your life? Well, this says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Aren't you happy about that today? You're joined to the Lord. You're one spirit with the Lord. Everybody say, I'm one spirit with the Lord. Whoa, what a great revelation that is. 
Now, wrapping our minds around that truth is a whole different thing. Because we, we have a tendency to get Christianese and say things like, well, I just want more of God. I've had people say, Pastor, pray for me. What do you want me to pray? I want, I want more of God. You want more of God? Would you just get like his leg or something? No, I, I want more of the Spirit. So you want more of the Spirit. So what did you get? Did you get short spirit? Now you need tall Holy Spirit? I just want, no, I, I, I just want, I, I, how are you going to get more? Do you need two gods? Is that, will, that, will that satisfy you then? Hmm? You don't need more Holy Spirit. You need to get to know the Holy Spirit you already have. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? I said you need to get the Holy Spirit to know the Holy Spirit that you already have. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says that we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may know the things that have freely been given to us by God. Jesus said, I'm going to give, send you the Spirit, and He's going to guide you into all truth. 1 John 2.24 says that you have received an anointing that teaches you all things. There is nothing you lack in the Spirit, praise God. But you've got to get transformed by renewing this mind of that truth. Because we say things like, oh, I just need more of God. See, we look for a way to get beyond our current circumstances, but we think it's up to God to make that happen. And we make excuses for not moving forward in our lives. Well, it it must be up to God. No, no, no. He did all he's going to do. You've got to get knowledge. Amen. And get to know the things of the Spirit. I want to encourage you. Uh, last night we went to a meeting at, at Tim and Rachel's house called Close Encounters. Oh man, you talk about Close Encounters. We had a great time just in the flow of the Spirit and worshiping together in their home. They just want to allow their house to be a place for the activity of the Spirit. And people prophesied and it was just a great time of praying and fellowshipping and just spending time in the things of the Spirit. Well, well that's how you get to know the Spirit when you get in an environment where He's flowing and, and just allow Him to do what He does. And so I want to encourage you, if you're interested in being a part of that, they'll be having another Close Encounter meeting in January. We're going to get through these holidays but, oh, it was just, it's wonderful. That's, well, that's how you do it. See, being born again is a wonderful thing, but being born again does not automatically guarantee that you're going to have success in life. I wish it did. I wish I, wish I could tell all of you, that once you're born again, all your troubles go away. But uh, lived this Christian life quite a few years now and found out that there's still trouble. Huh? There's still temptation out there. There's still trials. So it doesn't mean that you're going to be a better husband just because you get saved. It doesn't mean you're going to be a better wife. It doesn't mean you're going to be a better parent. It doesn't mean you're going to be better in your business, that you're going to have more integrity. None of, it doesn't mean any of that. You have to renew your mind. I got a buddy who was a waiter at Pizza Hut years ago out in West Texas, and he's a good waiter. And he told me, though, how many of you ever waited tables in here? How many of you waited tables on Sunday? And how many of you hated waiting tables on Sunday? See, most, most everybody's hands say it because every waiter or waitress I've ever talked to, they said, I hate the Sunday crowd. They're the pickiest people and they don't tip. Amen. Now, what's the problem with that, church? Huh? How come we're the stingy, picky people? Huh? Something wrong with that. Anyway, he, he was waiting tables one time and uh, the people left him a gospel track for a tip. And he just wouldn't let him get away with it. And so he chased him outside with that tip. He said, how's this going to pay my bills? 
I mean, I appreciate your effort here, but next time put a $5 bill in the track, huh? Help me out a little bit. Be a little better witness. Amen. <laughs> you will only adapt, listen to me, to the real you, that is, who you desire to be in the inward man. The inward man is who you really are now. Are you hearing me? You're in Christ. You're his. Then what you aspire to in your spirit, and the way you do that is by being transformed, by renewing your mind. And then, and only then, can you truly live the Christian life. Then and only then can you really show the world something different than what they're seeing, than what they're living. Come on, help me out this morning. Renew your mind and move into God's perfect will for your life. There was, a, there was a police officer out in Bridgewater, Massachusetts back early in this summer who, who uh, came upon the scene of an accident where a dog had been killed. Dog was pronounced dead, and the, the owner of the dog showed up, hysterical, little cinnamon, lay there dead in the road, and he was flipping out, and the officer decided to take matter in his own hands. He put his mouth on that dog's muzzle and began to blow on that, that dog's nose, and seven or eight tries, pumping little dog's chest, cinnamon came to life. And cinnamon recovered just fine pretty awesome. But that dog was helpless, helpless, sprawled out dead on the road, and somebody came along the way. Come on. This world has been banged up and bruised up and beaten down by sin, by the devil, and by fear, and by worry, and by doubt, and by pain, and suffering. And they need you, praise God, with a renewed mind, hallelujah, to show them a different life, to breathe life into their situation, to present the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, to show them and to tell them a different way because they're sprawled out on a road that leads to destruction, dead and lifeless and hopeless. But they know, but you know that there's peace. You know that there's life, and you know that there's joy that they can have, hallelujah. But see, if you have an unrenewed mind resulting in your own unrenewed life, you can't effectively, effectively perform CPR for them because you're struggling to survive yourself. Galatians 5.16 says, I say then walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. Husbands and wives are struggling today. They're just struggling. They're at each other's throats. They're mad at each other. Saying sharp, harsh things, you know. And I've been in church services where they've come down to the altar and said, well, I just need more anointing on my marriage. I need, I need, I need a fresh, fresh rain of oil on my marriage. And so we get caught up in things like that in church sometimes. More oil on this marriage. More oil. More anointing. Two weeks later, they're divorced. What, did God not bring the oil? Did God not, did God not give more anointing? Hmm. No. No. They needed 30 weight and they got 40 weight instead? What? But if you're born of God, you're already one spirit with God. So then it's a decision not to walk in the lust of your flesh. It's a decision to walk in the spirit. This is where the battle is. Not blaming God because he didn't give you enough of himself, but renewing your mind so you'll stop saying those terrible things to one another. Come on. Renewing your mind so you stop carrying those bitter emotions toward each other. Renewing your mind so you stop blaming each other for your unfulfilled lives. You start loving your wife. You start loving your husband because you've renewed your mind to be a godly person, to think like God thinks. You've renewed your mind to realize that life is so much more than just being about you. Hallelujah. Come on, talk to your neighbor. Tell him he's talking to me today. He is talking right to me. 
The renewed mind is aligned with the Spirit and the Word of God. See, you have all the power to change the way you... Well, I just can't help the way I think. Yes, you can. The Bible says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You can change the way you think. You must change the way you think. Hmm? I've learned from some of our computer nerds here in church... I won't point any fingers, but uh, I, I'm grateful for these guys that, you know, sit at that computer and do all that stuff. But I've learned a few things about, about software that if you don't like the software that's on your computer, you can go find a place and click uninstall. Right? Huh? Come on. I'm going to uninstall my funky attitude. I'm going to uninstall Lashing out the mouth with whatever it's saying, whatever was on my mind. I'm going to uninstall this bitterness that I've been holding on to. Delete. The renewed mind is in line with godly beliefs. It only downloads what the Spirit and the Word are saying. I want to give you three ways to renew your mind. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one way, new knowledge. Everybody say new knowledge. New knowledge, yes. New knowledge. Got to get some new knowledge. You learn something new and you make a change. For instance, how many of you in here thought before you got saved that all good people went to heaven? Yeah, well, this is the way of the world. If you're good, you know, and if, you, if you're good and you try hard and you don't hurt nobody and, you know, you do your best, well, you know, why would God, why, why would God send you to hell? Hmm? But then you came to church and you found out what Jesus said. You must be born again. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him will not perish. That is, they will not go to hell, but they'll have everlasting life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to heaven except through me. We found out through reading the scripture, through being in church, that there wasn't many ways to God. There was just one way. Hmm? And so you got new knowledge, and so you renewed your mind and had a whole different perspective on your relationship with God then, see. You begin to see things his way. And renewing the mind is not just about learning, but using that knowledge. Just this past week, uh, I was on a hunting trip out in Mertzen, Texas. Anybody ever been to Mertzen, Texas? Well, you got to be going there on purpose because it's on the way to nowhere. <laughs> and uh, I was with my father-in-law, and Dylan came out for a while. Matt was there for a little bit. And, and uh, so we harvested. I don't really call it hunting because it's, you know, you set this feeder up and it blows the corn and then they come and you just shoot them. I mean, it's a pretty simple little process. I love it. It's wonderful. And, uh, but we were out there harvesting and one particular, oh, I'd shot a buck earlier this past week and so we took it in town. We gave a lot of these deer to uh, a Feed the Hungry program there in, in San Angelo. Actually, Merchant's not that far from San Angelo so we were able to help a lot of hungry people and um, so a guy that, that we took the, the deer to, he sawed off the horns and gave them to Dylan. And so Dylan was really excited about his horns because he, he, he was clanging it. We watch hunting shows, you know, and he learned how to rattle, the, you know, rattle and call in deer and stuff. And so he couldn't wait to call in deer. And I told him, I said, that's not how it works out here, son. That's what the corn's for. We don't need horns to, to, to rattle in the deer. We just need the corn. 
And so he said, well, can I take him to the blind with us? I said, yeah, we can take him to the blind. So we're, we're set up in our blind. He's got his horns laying on the floor. And I mean, time goes by. The feeder goes off. We're waiting and waiting. Usually the deer just come right in. But we'd been hunting several days at this point. And so, you know, every time they came in, a gun went off. So they started smarting up to what was going on, you know. So they're a little bit antsy about coming into the, the feeder too quickly. An hour goes by, hour and 20 minutes or so. And Dylan's like, Dad, it's time to rattle. <laughs> I said, no, it's not time to rattle. I said, no, son, that's not what it... This, uh, this corn is what calls them in. He said, Dad, I'm telling you, if you'll rattle those horns, a big buck will come in. I said, son, do you know how long I've been hunting? Do you know how long you've been alive? I've been hunting a lot longer than that. I know. I know what that, what that corn is for, and these horns aren't going to make any difference. He said, Dad, I'm telling you, rattle like there's no tomorrow. That's what he said to me. <laughs> rattle like there's no eight-year-old kid. And when he said that, I, I don't know, something about it just inspired me to do it. I said, okay, Dylan. So I picked the horns up off the floor and stuck them out the window. I'm clanging these things. I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> clanging these horns together. Two, three minutes. I look up and there's a buck looking at us out of the trees. Uh, are you kidding me? We've been here an hour and 20 minutes and I got some new knowledge. My year old son taught me, taught me something new. Praise God. What a deal. <laughs> Get new knowledge. That's how you renew your mind. You know, you can go to marriage seminars and learn all these relationship skills and communication skills, you know, how you talk to one another. But, uh, but uh, if you don't use it, you can get all this new knowledge you want, but if you don't use it, it's not going to do you any good. Well, I went to that class and it didn't help me. Well, it's not the class's fault. <laughs> I tried tithing. How many times? One time. And I just... <laughs> Sound my money was better in the one-armed bandit. Uh, I didn't mean to step on any toes. So, how then do you know? How do you know when you've renewed your mind? Well, because you think different and act different. Number two way to renew your mind. You make a decision. You make a decision. My father-in-law, who I love very much, years and years ago, it's before Heather, I think before any of the kids were born, used to smoke cigarettes. And he smoked. Now, he wasn't just a, Dave Cook is not a part-time anything. He's an all-or-nothing kind of guy. And so, he's, he said, and, and so he decided if he was going to smoke, it was going to be four to five packs a day. I don't know how you find time to do anything else if you get that many cigarettes smoked in one day. That is incredible to me. Four to five packs a day. He said that he, he owned a little business down up in Kansas for some time, a little hardware store and had all these rooms and stuff. And he said, I'd, I'd have an ashtray in every room and I had a lit cigarette in every ashtray. That way when I walked in the room, I had a cigarette ready to go. I can't imagine that. One day he went to the, gro to the grocery store to pick up his carton of cigarettes and as he's walking down the aisle, he passes by a gun rack, I mean, a, a magazine rack with a guns and ammo magazine that piqued his interest. So he pulls out his money and realizes he cannot afford both. So my father-in-law made the decision that day to put the carton of cigarettes down, bought the magazine, and never smoked another cigarette again. Just, you got to just make a decision. Just make a decision. Well, I can't quit smoking. Talk to Dave Cook. He'll teach you how. He says it's all just in a decision. Just decide and be done. Oh, come on now. All the smokers said, amen. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> How did he know? <laughs> you, you make it. 
You make a decision to change the way you think. You really can help the way you think. Hallelujah. Say it. I can help the way I think. Amen. And number three way, and this way is not all that fun. This way of renewing your mind comes through negative pressures. Outside forces pushing you to make a change. Well, I didn't want to learn anything new, but I lost my job. I had to start all over. I had to renew mine because of negative pressures. Outside forces pushing you to do something different. The doctor told me if I didn't make a change, I was going to die. And I'd like to see my grandkids, so I've got to make the necessary changes. Negative pressures. But the best way is through new knowledge and through making a decision. This keeps it positive, see? And then you move into the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Are you still with me? Hosea chapter 4. Turn over there for just a moment. Hosea chapter 4. It's a familiar verse of scripture. And uh, how many of you have been studying Hosea like crazy lately? <laughs> you might have to, your pages might be stuck together in that book. You know, it's in, it really is in there. Just Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. My people are destroyed because they don't have enough of me. <laughs> My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because you have rejected me. I also reject you from being priests for me because you have forgotten the law of your God. I will also forget your children. Notice it wasn't because they didn't have enough of God. Notice it wasn't because they didn't have enough Holy Spirit. They simply rejected knowledge. They wouldn't renew their minds. They wouldn't learn the Word of God. And so you can't think your thoughts and have God's will accomplished in your life. You can't have your way and have God's way working in your life too. It can't happen. You've got to renew your mind to what He thinks. Renew your mind to what He sees, to what He says, to His way. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But God's not telling us that to say, nanny, nanny, boo-boo, I'm so much bigger and you're so much lower. No, He's saying, listen, I've got a different way to think. Set your mind on things above and not on things there. The Bible says that we have the mind of Christ, but we have to put on the mind of Christ. must be transformed. You must be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You don't have to wait for God to do something. All we have to do is get excited about the knowledge of God. Don't have to wait for a revival. Don't have to wait for rain. Don't have to wait for, for oil falling down. <sighs> Coming out of heaven. It came out of heaven already. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and Jesus Christ came as the Word and became flesh and walked among us. And when you embrace Jesus Christ, you get everything that heaven offers. Hallelujah. Everything is in Him. All the knowledge of God is in Jesus Christ. That's all the knowledge that you need. Peter even stood up there in the book of Acts, and when they began to, the Holy Spirit began to be poured out on them, they began to speak in other tongues. Peter stood up and said, this is that which was prophesied about. This is the day that they all looked for, and we're in it right now. I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, we're still in that day right now. You don't have to look for more Holy Spirit. He's here. Hallelujah. He's in your life. Renew your mind and get to know him a little bit. Hallelujah. Get to know who he is. Pick up that Bible and read it. Keep coming to church, getting the knowledge of God. Get in your car, and if you're stuck in traffic, put in a CD and worship God. Just get in the knowledge of God. Renew your mind and you will renew your life. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2 
2 Peter 1, 2 says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the what? Knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. I love verse 3. As his divine power has given unto us all things. Everybody say all things. All things that pertain to life. That's what you're living right now. He's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. You cannot know these things that pertain to life. You cannot know godliness if you don't have the knowledge of God. Verse 4, by which have been given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these we may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Woo! I love the Word of God. I love the Word of God. There, there's, there's wisdom that you need. There are things that you don't have understanding in. But if you'll stay in the Word of God, God will teach you a thing or two. If you'll seek Him, you'll pray, you'll spend time with Him, He'll teach you a thing or two. He wants you to walk in this world knowing where you're going. Amen? God's children ought to know where they're going. And we have no reason not to with all that God has given us. He who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Romans 8, 32. How shall he not also with him freely give us all things? That means if he give you Jesus, he'll give you anything. Hallelujah. God's not holding anything back from you. But the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Praise God. Let's, let's bow our heads for just a moment. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.